Well, there are um, two reasons why I pack my own clothes when I go for a trip. One is simply because I'm a grown man and I can pack my own clothes. I'm a big boy. And the second reason why I pack my clothes is because several years ago, the last time Jennifer packed for me, she forgot some very essential set of items that I will not mention. And so I pointed it out to her, hey, where are my things? Um, and she said, well, I forgot to pack them. And we had a conversation, and then it ended up with her saying, well, I guess you can just pack for yourself next time. And that was years and years ago. And so now I pack for myself. And I began forgetting things. And so then I did what any good, normal, sane person would do. I created a list. Why do I have a list? One, because, you know, I'm smart, obviously. Two, because I absolutely love lists. You know that about me. And three, because I don't want to forget anything. And so I have an exhaustive list of things. I even have like subtitles. I have the office items, and so Bible books, laptop, class notes. And for some reason, I have a checkbook on here. I don't even know why I would have that, but I want to make sure it's on there. I have my electronics, my workout clothes, which is weird. If I'm at home, I don't really like to work out. But for some reason, if I pack a bag, and go somewhere, I will work out wherever I'm at. I don't, it doesn't make sense, but I, neither do I. Clothes, jeans, khakis, shorts, t-shirts, collared shirts, socks, sleeping shorts, swimsuit, dress shirt, dress pants. I have a lot of stuff on here. But there's one more reason why I have a checklist, a packing list of things, because I don't like the feeling of thinking that I might be forgetting something. In fact, I'll tell you right now, the feeling of thinking that you will forget something is much worse than actually forgetting the item that, that you later find out that was not in your bag. I know this seems like this is an exhaustive list, right? But there is something that I don't have on this list. I did not write down all of the things that I don't want to take with me. Why not? And I know why you think I, I shouldn't do that, because that's crazy. That's what you're thinking, right? It's crazy to think, here's all the items I don't want to take on my trip. That's absolutely crazy. You believe that, right? Okay, I just want you to know, you said that, not me, because I would never, ever suggest that Jesus is a crazy person. But as we look in Mark chapter 6, he's about to send out his apostles, and he's going to have not exactly an exhaustive list of things to take. In fact, he's going to talk more about the things not to take. And so I want to read this real quickly. He's about to send out the 12 apostles, right? That, that word apostle is not... That's an English word that we get straight from the Greek. It's, it, it's not translated from a different word. It's transliterated, which means they just took the word apostolos. They call it apostle, and now that becomes an English word. But it just means a messenger. 
So they understand as he calls them apostles, he says, you are going to be messengers. And there's this idea that they will be sent out. And so Jesus is preparing them to prepare for the journey. And this is what he says starting in verse 7. It says, calling the twelve to him, he began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over impure spirits. These were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but not an extra shirt. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So did anybody take notes? This is in the Bible. So this would be a biblical checklist as you go on trips. So as you're planning your next vacation... I want you to consult Mark chapter 6 and say, here's what I need to take with me. He mentions two things. He says staff and he says sandals. Now, we're going to go ahead and assume that he also says, okay, and the clothes that you have on you. But that's it. Okay, take a staff, take sandals, take the clothes on your back, and that's it. And now... His longer list is the things of not to take. No bag, no bread, no money, and no extra shirt. Why? Why not? You know, I mentioned earlier that the only thing worse than forgetting something is imagining that you have forgotten something. The only thing worse than not being prepared is the feeling of not being prepared. Does everybody have that feeling? Isn't that like just within you? The first 10 minutes of your car ride as you leave your house with the luggage in the back is that weird, uneasy feeling. Does anybody else have that feeling? I think just nearly everybody has that feeling of, oh no, what if I don't have something? And then Jennifer and I will start talking about the things we might have forgotten. And then we say, okay, it's okay if we don't have this. We could find this somewhere else. But then there's like, but here's the essential items we have. We can't, we can't replace this one once we leave the house. Like it would be too difficult. Jesus is welcoming that feeling For the people he's sending out. He wants them to know that as they're leaving. We are missing something. We really need something with us. And we don't have it. And he says that's exactly how I want you to feel. Don't rely on your luggage. Don't rely on your toiletry bag. Don't rely on your 401k. Don't rely on your job. Don't rely on your car. Don't rely on whatever it is that you can think you can fall back on. Well, if something happens, we're okay. We have insurance. If something happens, I have an extra gas can in the back of my truck. We'll be okay. We've got jumper cables. We're okay. We don't have to worry. Everything is set. Everything's okay. And God says, you have to rely on me. 
part of this trip, part of the reason why he's sending out these 12 is because he's, he's basically going to use them to kind of grease the wheels, to get things going so people will start talking about and being prepared for Jesus and coming. And he's going to send them out to teach and they're going to do miracles, but it's just not about the people that they're going to, it's actually the people who are going out. He says, this trip is not just about you going out and talking about me. What it really is, is you trusting me. Not what's in your bag, not what's in your money belt, not your knowledge or your talent or all the things. You just simply have to trust me. He's going to send them out two by two. And he says, here's what you need to do. You need to trust. And you need to go. And you need to grow. And that's simply what Mark 6 is saying. Trust God. Start moving. And watch the growth. He sent, and they went. They didn't have bags, and so their hands were free to carry the joy rather than being concerned about what they're lugging behind. They didn't have bread, and so they would have to lean on other people to provide them with food. They didn't have money, so they had to trust that God was going to lead them places. You see, God has to be in control. And it starts with his packing list. Some of you are thinking about things that you would take on a journey. God wants you to consider some of the things that you shouldn't take with you. The shame, the regret, the feeling of unworthiness. The feeling that whatever it is that you're taking, it's just not enough. And Jesus says, I just want you to trust me. Now, we're going to fast forward just a little bit. We're going to go out and they're going to do some really amazing things because of the power of Jesus. And it was super exciting. We don't know how long they were gone. We don't know exactly where they went. But we know when they came back, the story started rolling and the laughter. And the, well, you should have seen this. And you couldn't believe that this happened. And they're like, oh, this is so awesome. And it's all because they trusted God. And God can take them to amazing places. And so this morning, I just want you to consider how important it is for us to trust and for us to go and for us to grow. And this morning, like the apostles coming back in, we are celebrating something really special because we have uh, one gentleman here this morning who has decided to allow himself to be recognized as an official servant. He's been an unofficial one for a long time now, and we are going to recognize him and the work that he's doing.
And we're going to talk a little bit more about what that means for you. But right now, I'm going to ask Brad if you would come up here. Brad is going to share with us some of the things that have been taking place the last several months behind the scenes, what's led us to this morning, and why we have good reason to celebrate as we continue to go and grow. As we've discussed before, we were on our elders uh, group meeting and, and whenever John and I came in, we said every five years we'd reaffirm and look at this. And of course, five years, that was COVID. And so we, we decided to bear through that. But as we have got through that process, we started saying, well, let's look at this again. And we started praying and, and uh, discussing and, and uh, figuring out what direction that we thought would be best for this congregation. And we appreciate the trust that, was, that has been put in us to, to consider that. And after discussing this and meeting with other members of the congregation and discussing their timing and situations, uh, we are so pleased that... Uh, uh, the Lord directed us to Barry Love, and Barry has decided to uh, take that step and to, uh, to take that calling to become one of our elders here for this congregation. So at this time, Barry, would you be able to come up with us? Give you Barry Love. All right. Um. Um. So good morning. Um, I thought I would just kind of briefly introduce myself to some of you guys that out there that may not know me that well. So I, I have just a short biography, autobiography here to read. Um, my, my parents attend church here. Uh, you know them, Larry and Susan Love. Uh, my, my brother, Joel and Jess uh, attended here for a while till the, the Air Force took them away from us, but they're here this morning as well with their, their two precious children. Now, Ethan, who's just, he's three. Three weeks old, just a little over three weeks old, and um, his, his older sister Elodie is back there in Children's Church. Um, so I was born in Oklahoma um, several years ago, um, and I grew up in Oklahoma. And when I was about five five years old, we moved to Colorado. Um, I, I've grown up in Church of Christ. I remember attending Dewey Church of Christ in Oklahoma. Um, I remember attending Castle Rock, and then later on Cortez Church of Christ. Um, uh, when I was 13, um, shortly after I turned 13, I remember making the decision of, of, of faith and baptism, and I got baptized at the Cortez Church of Christ. Um, I graduated high school from Cortez. Um, from there, I spent a year at Oklahoma Christian University, and I decided that um, I probably was not performing to expectation, and from there, I joined uh, the, the military. Um, I joined the Navy, and uh, I served for six years as a reactor operator on the USS Georgia. Um, that it was, we were stationed up in uh, Bangor, Washington, and I attended church up there, um, the Kid, Central Kitsap Church of Christ. That's where I met Kara. We actually met at church, and we got married there. Um, so we got married in 2003, and um, after I got out of the Navy, I worked on a, a degree for a while, and I got a call about a job down in Eunice, New Mexico. 
um, which I immediately turned down and they called me back. And I came out and I interviewed and um, we came out on a Friday and I interviewed at Urinco and they offered me a job. We stayed over that weekend and I believe we, we, we came and visited this church back in, I think it was July of 2006. Um, we, we felt at home immediately uh, from that point and we were excited to, for me to take the job and to come out here and become members here. Um, uh, shortly after coming out here and starting my job, I finished my degree online uh, with nu in nuclear technology. Uh, so, so it's been about 17 years, almost 16 and a half since we've been members here. Um, you've seen us grow as a family, just as a couple, me and Kara, to having uh, Ryan and Elena uh, join our family in 2008, and then we had Kellen in 2010. Um, and so. Shortly here, so at Taylor Street, um, I briefly taught the teen class on Wednesday nights before we hired Lance. I don't know how well that that went. I don't think anyone is here that attended any of those classes, so I don't have to worry about that. Um, and so uh, before COVID, uh, Carolyn Raymond asked me to start helping her teach the, the third through fifth graders, and I, I taught that. Um, and so I Hopefully they have fond memories of that. I know we probably spent too long talking about Sermon on the Mount for, for the third through fifth graders, but I, I hope they learned a lot. Um, since uh, October 2020, Kara and I have continued to teach the, the third through fifth graders. And um, lately, if you haven't been seeing me in the congregation, it's because I've been back uh, running the sound booth for about the past past year with, with Guy. Um, so then I'll just talk about a little bit uh, about this decision to become an elder. Um, several months ago, uh, Brad and, and Scotty uh, came over to my house and we had a discussion about me potentially taking on a, a role uh, as an elder. And I was, I was, um, I was really humbled by that request. Um, it, was, it was definitely some, um, it seemed like a really big step. Um, like I've, I've hopefully I've already mentioned, since we've been here, I've really trusted the leadership. So entrusting uh, the leadership of the the elders and their request to me um, after a lot of thought and prayer and family discussion, um, we, we decided that um, if if we went through the whole selection process and they they still felt like I was it was appropriate, I I, I would serve as a an elder, um, I will. I'll definitely con need your continued support and prayers for sure. Um, in this, uh, for your prayers of wisdom and leadership, um, it's not something I'm, I'm taking lightly. Um, I've been I've been doing lots of thinking about um, how I need to conduct myself and the things I need to be looking out for. So I, I don't want to take up too much time, but uh, please keep me in your prayers that I'll. I'll be making the correct decisions, and I'll be I'll be taking the the leadership of of the church in the the right direction. Thank you. Well, I was supposed to just say a prayer over Barry, but uh, I have to mention one thing here. Uh, I don't think anyone here realizes what a funny guy Barry is. <laughs> he, uh, 
stopped going to college because he thought he in Oklahoma because he thought he was underperforming. <laughs> and then he joined the Navy and jumped directly into the Navy's nuclear power program, which is by some measures uh, the equivalent of getting a, a four-year college degree in about 18 months. Fed with a fire hose. And he was a reactor operator. Uh, and I can tell you that those guys are sharp. And they have to be sharp because they have memorized everything about what it takes to make that reactor run. And, it's not, and it wasn't run by a computer. It was run by a human being. Sharp guy. So if you'll bow with us, we're going to have a little prayer. Heavenly Father, we are honored to be here before you today. You see our work, and we ask you to bless this effort to lead this congregation, continuing your church here in Hobbs. I pray, God, that you will bless Barry's eldership so that he is able to do your work, helping to secure this congregation for the future and ministering to the people in it. Thank you, Lord, for sending him to help with this work. And please bless and keep this Taylor Street guiding us as we seek to provide opportunities for the community to learn about you and follow Christ. Amen. Very integral in our lives is family. And at this time, we would like to ask Kara, Ryan, Elena, and Kellen to come forward, and Barry wants to uh, say a few words about this wonderful family, and uh, as we welcome them in as an eldership family. Um, so I just want to make sure everyone is familiar with my family as well. Um, Kara, uh, she grew up in many states. Um, her father traveled around for, for different jobs, but she also grew up attending uh, Church of Christ. Uh, she attended Harding University, and then she moved to Seattle, where she worked with her, her brother Matt, and where we, we eventually met. Um, she loves to sing. Uh, she's been a teacher here for, for many years. She used to teach the baby classes. Uh, she's always taught children's church, and now she's, she teaches with me and the third through fifth graders. She also teaches middle school math and Latin at uh, Veritas Academy. Um, Elena and Ryan, uh, twins, they're 14 now. Uh, they are ninth graders at Veritas. They get to be in Lance's class, not over only for Sunday school, but they also are in Lance's class for history, English, and theology. Um, Elena plays tennis for JV at Hobbs High School. Ryan uh, likes to play online chess a lot at this point. Uh, Kellen, uh, she's now 12. She attends, also attends seventh grade at Veritas. Um, she's always working on her art skills, especially drawing and painting. All three of my children uh, have made a decision to become Christians in their lives. Um, I performed the baptism. I remember most of you being there. Um, as a family, uh, we, we speak a lot about how being a Christian informs our, our decisions and our conduct and the daily life. Um, it's not often what American society tells us is what is right and what we're supposed to do. Um, we also all, we always talk about seeking excellence and hard work, and we're making sure that the kids know that that does not necessarily mean perfect. 
Um, but uh, please keep my family in your prayers as well. Um, they're going to have to deal with me and the added stress, so they, they will need your prayers as well. Let us have a prayer for this wonderful family. Father, we are so grateful for the institution of the family. And Father, this morning we'd like to recognize a, a wonderful family of believers, Barry and Kara and their children. And Father, we, we love this family. We appreciate this family. And we recognize their love and devotion to you their love and devotion to the to the, the Savior Jesus and the Spirit. They're guided by the Spirit. And Father, we thank you for their contributions to this congregation and, and building up the congregation and, and, and being integral in all the activities involved in this congregation and active elements. And Father, we thank you for their love and devotion for one another. And we thank you for the marriage and how a solid and great example of Barry and Kara. And we thank you for their contributions in the community, in the education community, in the, in Barry and the workforce. And the examples they are there, and they, they let their light shine for you, Father, and we're so grateful for that. And that they use their skills and abilities and talents for your glory, Father. We want to say thank you for that. And Father, may we as a congregation continue just to, to love this family, lift them up. And, and Father, uh, we just all pray for guidance as, as we strive to, to live for you. And as we send out the good, good news that Jesus is Savior and that he is hope for this world. And we just thank you again for Barry, Kara, Ryan, Elena, and Kellen. In Jesus' name, amen. So several years ago, a, a man was uh, selected to, to becoming an elder, and, and he said shortly after uh, being installed, he said, well, it took me all of two days, and I decided I don't like ministers anymore. And so there's always this joke of elders and, and ministers, and Barry, I don't know if, if you've ever liked me, but you've always been very kind to me, and so if you start having feelings of not liking me, that's okay. Nobody likes Lance anyway, and so that, it'll just fit right in. But, but thank you so much for answering that call. Kara, thank you so much for for what you're doing and allowing your husband, sharing your husband as, as he's going to be spending time uh, serving this, this church and the people here and the role that will change. And then especially to Elena and Ryan and Kellen, I just, I want you to know, I, I know this is not easy. Um, I have three kiddos and it is not easy being the child of a church leader. And, and sometimes you're going to feel some pressures that, that may not even exist, but you may feel those. And so I know that this is going to be a challenge for you. I know that your mom and your dad talked about this with you, and, and you agreed, maybe reluctantly. I don't know. Maybe you thought, oh, wow, I get dad out of the house a little bit more. But, but I just want you to know I appreciate what you do, and I want you to know that I think so much of you. Uh, Y'all are amazingly smart. And, and talented and artistic and and so we love the sacrifice that you're making so so that the kingdom can continue to grow 
the one last thing I want to say to all of you is this isn't Washington and it's not Eunice. Right, okay, this is not the beginning for, for Barry as he steps into this role. This is not the first time that he's done this. He's, he's been a servant, he's, he's had that towel, he's washed the feet, he's taught classes, he loves the Lord. It's not the start. But I also want you to know that this is not the end, right? Like, this is not like, oh, the loves have arrived, right? Now, he's on a pedestal and, and everything is great and he'll never make a mistake. No, God still has a plan for Barry and Kara and their kids. And for each one of you, I want you to know that, like, this is not just the start in which, like, nothing else before matters, God has been preparing you and his call for you is to continue to trust and to go and to grow. And for some of you, you may look at your stage in your, of your life and you may say, I've reached Eunice. That's the only time anybody would say that Eunice is like that. I, my, my apologies. But this is, not, this is not the end. There is never a place in your life where you say, you know what? God just wants me to stay right here. If you are here and your role in church is you show up and you occupy a pew on Sunday morning, that's great. But God says, trust me and go and I will allow you to grow. And so if this is the role you're currently playing, if this is what you do, God bless you, but God says, okay, I want you to go a little more. Find a way to get involved in the youth. Teach a class. Attend a life group. Allow yourself to trust in God to go and allow growth to take place. Not all of us are where Barry is this morning or, or, or where Scotty and Brad and John and Bob and so many others. Not everybody can be you know, a Jean or a Carolyn uh, or a Dorothy. But, but God says, don't say where I am is just where I need to be. That God is calling all of us to trust and, and to go and to grow. And so if, if God has gifted you with the ability to show compassion, to be generous, to be hospitable, do it in a way that gives glory to God and have joy while you do it. And if you've never thought about helping out with a kid's class, they're not as terrible as you think. Most of my kids have grown up and so you wouldn't have to have them in class. Wyatt's gone. You would never have to have a Wyatt Crumb in your class again. Lance is like, I'm so thankful for that. There's a way that all of us continue, can continue to go and to grow. And so may we trust God this morning as we seek to serve Him each and every day. Let's do that this morning as we stand and sing.